Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. About twice a year, the first of the church year, which is in September, and then the first of a new year, it's a good time for me to stop and for us to be reminded of what we're about, who we are as a church, where we are going, what is our vision. From time to time, I have people, especially people who are visiting our church, they'll come up to me and they'll say, can I meet with you? And when I meet with them, they'll say, tell me what your vision is for Palmetto Baptist Church. And really, I prefer to call it our vision because it's not about me. Uh, it's about us. And it's about what God wants to do through us. So this morning, I want to share with you a message entitled, uh, Where Are We Going? And some of it, some of you have already heard before. But I'm saying it again because you've forgotten it. I know you've forgotten it um, because um, I asked you about it earlier and you, could, you couldn't remember what I'd said. But anyway, we're going to do it again. Where are we going? Proverbs 29, 18, the first half of that verse is a verse that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, in some of the more modern uh, translations, it says where there is no prophetic revelation or where there is no divine word from God, the people are unrestrained. And literally, it's talking about a word from God that reminds us that we're sinners in need of a Savior. And without that prophetic word, then certainly we are uh, left unrestrained in our sinfulness. We're left without hope. But I also believe that the, the King James Version of uh, that, which I don't always read King James Version, but I believe in this case the King James Version still also applies. Where there is no vision, direction for where you're going, we're left to perish. We're left in chaos. We're left without any guidance. And so I want to talk about our vision this past Wednesday, Amanda and I had a visitor at our house. Um, since we didn't have Wednesday night supper this past Wednesday, I l left the office and went home for a quick bite of dinner before I came back up here for our Wednesday night activities, our prayer meeting, and we had uh, the student worship going on. We also had a very important choir practice, and Damon and Lisa were on hand. Damon was leading our choir practice this past Wednesday, and then there was uh, some Q&A after the choir practice. So a very important and long Wednesday night. But I went home to get a quick bite to eat, and while I was at home, uh, we had a knock on the door of our house. And we weren't expecting anybody there. Now, I had a funeral Wednesday afternoon, and so I had on a black suit with a red tie, because I'm a bulldog, and I had on a black, long black overcoat. And I still had that black suit with that red tie and my long black overcoat on when somebody knocked on the door. Now, I looked like Vito Corleone of The Godfather. <laughs> knocked on the door. Amanda said, somebody is our, at our door. Who's supposed to be here? I said, I don't know. So I get up and I go answer the door and there's this young guy there on our porch. He looks kind of rough. But I mean, not that that's a bad thing. There are a lot of mornings, especially here lately, when I had looked kind of rough. In fact, more than just a kind of bit rough, I looked rough. And so he looked rough. He had on a cap. It was turned kind of uh, half sideways. He had on a, 
a, uh, a hoodie sweatshirt, and I, I don't remember what kind of uh, artwork was on the front of it. Um, he had tennis shoes on, and he was in our front door. And there was a car in the driveway. It was a, a silver Toyota Corolla. Now, I didn't know this, uh, but uh, uh, that car came in and came all the way in our driveway. And if you know where our house is, you know our driveway, there's a turnaround there in front of a uh, covered wood pile. That car had come in, had turned around, and was about a third of the way out of our driveway, or or about a fourth of the way, headed out of our driveway. The the motor was running. And this guy was on uh, my front uh, step. and, And I opened the door and I said, yes, sir. And he said, I was wondering if you could help me. I don't know where I am. And I looked over at his car and I said, uh, you don't know where you are? He says, I don't know where I am. I said, is that your car right there? He said, yeah, I'm in that car. The windows of that little silver Toyota Corolla were all blackened out. So I couldn't see if anybody was in there. As it turned out, there was at least one other person who was driving the car because when this young man left my front step and went back down to the car, he got in the back seat and the car drove off. So I said, that's your car right there? And he said, yeah. And I said, you don't know where you're going? He says, I don't know where I'm going. I, need, I was wondering if you could help me. I said, well, where do you want to go? And he said, well, I really don't know, but I need your help. I said, where do you want to go? He says, I, I, I need to go to the nearest highway. I said, the nearest highway. I said, you talking about the nearest interstate or the nearest state highway? I just need to go to the nearest state highway or, or the nearest highway. I said, all right. I said, well, the nearest highway to where my house is, is Georgia State Highway 29, U.S. Highway 29. And I said, the way you go, I said, you go back and get in that car right there. And you go out my driveway. And when you get to my driveway, you turn to the left out of my driveway and you'll go about 30 yards and you'll come to a stop sign. And at that stop sign, you have to go either right or left. You take another left. So out of my driveway, take a left. 30 yards to the stop sign, take a left. And you'll go 1.6 miles, and you'll come to a stop sign at U.S. Highway 29. And he said, okay. He said, can you tell me that again? I said, you go get in that car right there. And you take that car and you go to my driveway, go out of the driveway, turn left, go to the stop sign about 30 yards. Then you turn left, go 1.6 miles and you'll come to U.S. Highway 29. And he said, well, when I come to U.S. Highway 29, do I go to the right or to the left to get on the highway? I said, you can go either way. I'm not making this story up. Hand on the Bible. True story. He says, well, thank you very much. And he turned around and he headed across my driveway toward that car. And he got in the back seat. There may have been other, more than just two people in the car. I don't know. Couldn't see. But he got in the back seat. And the car drove down my driveway, stopped at my driveway, and then pulled out in the road, stopped again, backed up, turned their blinker on, let a car go by. Then they went out in the road, turned left, went 30 yards down to the stop sign. And I was watching them because the leaves are off the trees. And I was looking for him to go left. And he turned right. He turned right into Marie Farm Subdivision. I couldn't tell you for sure. 
but my guess is he was casing out our house. I did notice that when I pulled in to get dinner, uh, the front of our house looked like we weren't at home and, and you couldn't see any inside lights on from the front of the house. And we pull our cars into our garage. So uh, when we do that and the garage doors close, it looks like there's probably nobody home. And so he, I'm guessing that he and a friend were casing out my house. And if, if he knocked on the door several times and we didn't, I don't know what he would have done. I don't know. But then again, he may have truly been lost, didn't know where he was. And it may have been that he was truly looking for the nearest highway. But I ask him, where do you want to go? And that's what I'm asking our church. In fact, that's what I've been asking our church ever since I came here. Where do you want to go? Because a big question that I always ask myself in any church, I, this is the third church I've had the privilege to pastor. My dad's a pastor, and he's pastored 10 churches. And so I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid, have always been uh, a preacher's kid and so when I go to a church, one of the first things I ask myself and I, and I ask the Lord and I ask our, the people is this, wh- where do you want to go and what do you want to be, what do you want this church to look like in 50 years? It's a question I think that's important because most churches aren't asking that question at all. Most churches are asking, what do I want now? What do I want for me and my family here and now? Which is not a necessarily a bad question. It can be a tad selfish, but we all ask that to some extent. But a better question is, what can we do now? What do we need to do now to make sure that our church is what, it ought, what we want it to be in 50 years, 40 years, 25 years, 10 years, 5 years? And so I, I always ask that question. I've been asking it now for going on 18 years, this church. What do we want our church to be? Where are we going? Let me give you a little bit of the answer to that. And let me just start, first of all, by saying that there is a niche in which our church fits right now. It's it's a niche that that we have evolved into fitting in. And when you're talking about a niche, you're basically asking this question, what is it that our church does that almost no other church does or that most churches in our area do not do? Because whatever that niche is, whatever the answer to that question is, that's our niche. That's what we feel. That's the place that we we, uh, position ourselves in order to reach people that other people probably aren't reaching. Now, when we ask the question, what do we do that most other churches don't do? There are a lot of really good answers we could give to that question. For instance, we have the PBC Science Deaf Ministry here. And uh, Linda Lindsay, Peggy Woodall, PBC Matthew Sutherland, Bonnie Gould has been a part of it at times. Uh, Allison Harper's been a part of it at times. And uh, let, me, let me just say this. Most churches don't have a deaf ministry. Now, you know that. Of the churches that do have a deaf ministry, and Peggy and Linda and Matthew did not pay me to say this, but of the churches that have a deaf ministry, I don't know of a single one that's close to ours. Amen. They just, folks, they just don't come close 
to ours. And so when we're talking about niche, what we do that nobody else does, deaf ministry is right up in, in the top group of those things that we do that nobody else does. There are other things. Upward basketball and cheerleading. Yesterday we started the first of eight Saturdays of basketball games and cheerleading. We have somewhere around, I think, 260 kids signed up. And man, oh man, this place was buzzing with electricity yesterday. Now, there are other churches that do upward. Some of them do upward basketball. Some do upward soccer. Others, excuse me, do upward uh, flag football and some other upwards. Uh, But most churches don't have an upward sports program. I'll tell you why. They can't. It is exhausting. It's labor intensive. It costs money and people and time and energy that most churches don't have. We are among the minority of churches that have upward sports, upward basketball, upward cheerleading. During the fall, we have upward soccer that's sponsored by our Hispanic ministry, which by the way, that's another niche that we have. Not many churches have a Hispanic ministry, and we do. We've had one since January 2001. But here's my point about upward. While there are other churches that have it, and I know I'm a little biased here, And I'm always going to be biased toward Palmetto Baptist Church, but I really believe I'm telling the truth here. I don't know of another church that has upward that's better than ours. Hello? (laughs) Miss Bonnie Rainwater and her daughter Jody Jones, they they are among our newest members. They started a ministry. They had it before we ever, they ever came to our church, but they've kind of incorporated it into our church, and we've invited them to do that. It's called My Brother's Ministry. It's a ministry. It's a letter-writing ministry to uh, inmates in prison. They write hundreds of letters every single week. I have seen some of those letters. I've also had the privilege of reading some of the letters that we've gotten back from these inmates. And let me tell you, lives are being changed by the simple act of writing a letter. I don't know of another church that has my brother's ministry. We're talking about our niche, the things that we do that other folks don't do. But let me tell you, some things that we do that have to do with our worship services. Because really, whether it's my brother's ministry or if it's deaf ministry or if it's upward basketball or if it's WMU or if it's faith writers ministry or if it's men's ministry or if it's Bible study ministry or home group, whatever ministry it is, all of those are an overflow and outflow of what happens right here in worship because the worship of our God is the primary reason we're here. So I want to say two things about our worship. First of all, and this is what we strive to do here at Palmetto Baptist Church. Palmetto Baptist Church is a growing church with a down-home feel. Now, there are two aspects of that. First of all, we want to be a growing church. We want to grow spiritually. We want to grow numerically. We had three new members join the church this morning in a traditional service. Lee and Carol Cunningham and Stephen Burke joined the church this morning. I met with the Cunninghams this past week, and Mr. Cunningham said this to me. He says, you know, he said, we visited several different churches in this area. They moved to Noonan just a few months ago. He said, we visited several churches. He said, we even visited some churches where we knew some folks there. But he said, there was no church like Palmetto Church that we visited. I said, what do you mean? He said, y'all made us feel welcome the day we walked in the door. 
Somebody invited us to the adult five Sunday school class. Richard Grace teaches it. He and Cynthia Curry. He said, well, they carried us into that class. And that class made us feel like family on day one. He said, how can I explain? He said, this church has a down-home feel. And in my heart, I was beaming. Because that's what we strive to be. We want to grow. Let me tell you, I don't ever want us to be the same size from one year to the next. That would be bad. Certainly don't want to decline from one year to the next. But I also hope that as we grow, we never become a place where, where you become a faceless number in the crowd. I want somebody, when you walk in here, if you walk in here the first and second Sunday that you're ever here, I want somebody to walk up to you and introduce themselves and find out what your name is and give them two or three weeks, because sometimes some of us have bad memories, but give us two or three weeks and I want you to be able to walk in here and somebody walk straight up to you and call you by name and your kids too. What is our vision? Our vision is to be a growing church with a down-home feel. Now, Another part of that niche has to do with the, with the worship styles in our worship services. We have a traditional service at 9 o'clock. We have a contemporary service at 11 o'clock. We have had two separate services, at least two, since January of 2001. Now, let me tell you, if you, if you looked at a circle that's a five-mile radius from right here where we are, and you took all the churches in that five-mile radius, here's what you're going to find for the most part. Most of them have traditional worship only. And they're dying. I don't want them to die, but they're dying. Others have contemporary worship only. There are a few that have blended worship. They want everybody to be together, and they know that some folks that they're going to be in that one service are going to be traditional, some folks contemporary, and so they blend together a blended service of contemporary and traditional, and with a, with a few exceptions, here's what happens. Nobody likes it. I know that because we tried for three years, on, when, back when we had Sunday night service, we tried blended worship on Sunday night, and when Chris Gould and I thought that we had it to where our folks would like it, our mistake was to try it, test it on Sunday night. Sunday night people, if, you have, if you're at a church that has Sunday night service, and those folks that come to church on Sunday night, they're going to come, I don't care what you do. They're going to be there. Man, you can have frog gigging as part of your worship, and they're going to be there. <laughs> So we tried it for three years on Sunday night, and then we, we, we converted it to Sunday morning for a few months. And at the end of that few months' time, we did a written survey. And here's what, I, what we found. There's a, there was a, a majority of people in the middle who said this, basically. Well, this is not our preference, but we, we, would, we would tolerate it. There were 10 to 15% on the traditional side that said we didn't like it. And although they didn't say it, they would have left within 18 months. There's 10 to 15% on the other side who said, who wanted contemporary and said, we didn't like it and we won't stay. 
And so we, we just nixed that idea right away. And so here's what we have. And this is our niche. How many churches do you know who have a high-quality traditional worship service, which is what we have? I wish you could have heard our choir this morning. They were incredible. How many churches do you know that have a high-quality traditional service, but at the same time they have a high-quality contemporary worship service under the umbrella of one single church. I'll tell you, in a five-mile radius, you will not find that not high quality. But we have it here. And it's our niche. It's part of our niche. Now, not only do I want to show you about our niche, but I want to show you our motto. We've had this motto for going on 12 years. Basically, it's this, connect, grow, and serve. And really, we ought to put the ING on those verbs. Because the following Jesus, here at Palmetto Baptist Church, following Jesus is an ongoing, ever-going process of connecting, growing, and serving. That's what we're about. And every ministry that we have plugs into one or more of those three phases of growth in following Jesus. We grow, for instance, first of all, we grow in our relationship with God and other people in our worship services. My prayer for every single worship service is that we encounter God. And then secondly, that we encounter people who will be friends if they're not already. So in worship, we, we connect with God and other people. But that's not enough. Hear me, that's not enough. And some of you, I'm going to, uh, I've, I've got to come straight at you. Some of us are not experiencing enough. Because all we do is come to worship. And you're not in anything else. It's not enough. The second part of that is Grow. While we connect with God and others in our worship services, we we continue to grow in our relationship with God and others through our small group Bible study classes and our PBC home groups. At 10 o'clock every Sunday morning, we have PBC Bible study classes. Other people call call it Sunday school. Call it whatever you want to. It's Bible study and fellowship, and it's good times and good people. And then on Sunday night, we have PBC home groups. We have about 70 people across our church who are in home groups. We need that to double. We need it to triple. We need that very, very badly. Now, here's here's what really troubles me, though. I want you to hear me on this. Are you looking up here at me? The majority of you are not in either Bible study or home groups. And we all need to be. You see, if you're only attending worship, and thank God that you're attending worship. I appreciate it so very much. But here's what you have. If you're only attending worship and you're not in any other ministry in our church, here's what's happened. You've got one foot in the door and one foot out the door. You see, the more things you're connected to, the more small groups you're connected with, the more solidified you are in your relationship to the Lord and your relationship to the church and your relationship to people who really care about you. From 83 to 87, I was in the banking business with Wachovia Bank. And people would come in to open up a checking account or a savings account or to get a loan. And our, when we were trained, they said this. They said, when somebody comes in to open up an account, do everything you can 
short of being arrogant and obnoxious and pushy, do everything you can to get them to open up more than one account. If you can, get them to open up a checkings and a savings and a line of credit, or a checking and savings and apply for a loan. Because the more accounts they open up, the more tied they're going to be to that bank. And down the road, when there might be something that makes them unhappy, because they have all these accounts there, the chances that they will leave are minimal if they, the more accounts they have. And the same thing is true for church. If you're only attending worship, you're almost not here. That's even if you come every Sunday to worship. Please. Get involved with our Bible studies. Get involved with our, sm- our small groups. And then, not only do we connect and grow, but we serve God by serving others through our ministry opportunities. What ministry opportunities? Upward basketball and cheerleading. Upward soccer. Deacon service ministry. We have 42 active deacons this year. I've been a pastor's kid all my life. I've been a pastor for two other churches before this one. Listen, I've known a a lot of good, godly men who are deacons. I've never known any deacon body that tops the deacon body at Palmetto Baptist Church. They are second to none in their service ministry. Hello? We've got deaf ministry. We've got WMU. We've got my brother's ministry. We've got Bible studies. We've got home groups. We need people to stand up and serve. We have mission trips. The Chris Gould annual mission trip. Chris is the one who started our church in in being mission-minded, and he led us on 30 different mission trips so that now every year our domestic mission trip is called the Chris Gould Memorial Annual Mission Trip. And it's a great opportunity. Some folks take their vacations for this mission trip. Man, that's a sacrifice. I'm not even doing that. I still take a vacation if I can in addition to mission trip. Y'all are really sacrificing more than your pastor is. I appreciate you so much for doing that. Connect, grow, and serve. And I believe, we believe that this is a continuous process. Now, about 12 years ago, while we were in our old building, a mile north of here, downtown Palmetto, we were in a, uh, an old building. We were landlocked on two and a quarter acres of land, and we needed to expand. We didn't have room to expand. Our church made the bold move to vote to relocate. It was a major move. It took a lot of bold audacity for you to do what you did. And since that time, we've raised money and we've prayed and we've begged and we've raised money and we've prayed and we've worked together and we've begged and we've made, raised money and we've prayed. And finally, finally, we moved to this 20 acres of ground here. And we built this facility. It's called a Worship Life Center. It's the blue one up there. But we have a master site plan. We've had this site plan since 2005. We owe $1.1 million on this Worship Life Center. It originally cost uh, upwards of $6 million. We owe about $1.1 million. We're in the final year, final year of a three-year capital campaign. Some of you, a little over two years ago, committed to giving a certain amount in three years to the campaign. Now, we're not going to bill you for that, but I hope you remember it, and I hope you'll fulfill 
because I'm going to fulfill what I, what I committed myself to in this campaign. You say, well, we, we're pretty new to the church. We, he's not talking to us. Yeah, I'm talking to you too. We need you. We need you to also step up and help us. What can you give over and above your tithe between now and the end of the year to help us pay off this building? Because we have more work to do. The next building is that red one you see up there. It's a two-story children's wing. Why are we going with the children's wing next? Because they're the ones we're wanting to reach. You get the kids, you're going to get mom and dad. We're wanting to get mom and dad. If you get mom and dad, you might get some grandkids, grandparents. So we want that next. And then the, the third building is that one opposite in green, the two-story administration and music building. And then the final building in this uh, site plan is a 1,200-seat worship facility that is, you see there. Now, all of those buildings, there may be some modifications from here and there, between here and there, but this is our plan. We are a church with a plan. We are a church with a vision. We are a church that's going somewhere. We're not stopped at the stop sign. We're on the journey. I want you to know it. If somebody comes up to you and says, where do you go to church, Palmetto Baptist Church? What is the vision of Palmetto Baptist Church? I don't want you to look like a deer in the headlights. I want you to be able to say something. You're not going to be able to recount everything I've shared, but say something about what we're doing. We're on a journey. Here's my question for you. Are you on board? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, so grateful are we, Lord, that you have a vision for us. You have a purpose for our church. And Lord, we're not a church that is stagnant. We're not a church that's standing still. We are not in perpetual park gear. But Lord, you've given us a future. We're going to win people to Christ. We're going to connect them with you and with us, and us with them. We're going to grow together. We're going to serve together. We're going to worship together. We're going to change our community together. And Lord, I thank you that we can be a part of that. In Jesus' name, amen.